How's it going? Um, my name is Alexa Tavares, and I'm going to be your host. And I'm your co-host, Jeffrey Bradshaw. And this is the first episode of an original University Star podcast, um, Capital Desk. Um, with this podcast, I really want to cover Texas politics and provide an in-depth analysis of the many elements that go into political decisions and what is going on with the 84th legislature right now happening pretty close to us right oh, up yeah. the road. And so we're going to we're going to introduce ourselves a little bit really quickly. And um, my name is Alexa Tavares, as I stated earlier, and um, I'm an international studies major with a concentration in Middle Eastern studies. And currently I am a senior news reporter at the University Star. Um, I'm Jeffrey Bradshaw, like I said. I am a political science major and a journalism minor. Um, I am a sophomore, and I'm currently an opinions columnist here at the Star. And um, so now we're going to explain the podcast very briefly, how it's going to work, hopefully if you continue to listen to us and I don't scare you away. Um, the, fir- the, the way it's going to work is there's going to be a series, and um, the first topic of our series is going to be Campus Carry. And... Um, each episode will either deal with a person of interest, in this case Donna Campbell, um, a legislation, which we will discuss next week, and a, gov- a government a department or a non-government entity, such as a business or a nonprofit or a lobby group, such as the NRA. And eventually, it's going to be leading up to a day at the Capitol where Jeffrey and I go to the Capitol and give you guys and come back and report to you our congressional perspective that we get and hopefully report back some juicy political drama that happened on the House floor because that's always fun. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and that will wrap up the series. And then from then on, we'll move on to a different topic. So we decided to start out with Donna State Senator Donna Campbell. She is a Republican from New Braunfels. And um, the reason why we wanted to start out with her, which we will discuss in depth later, is um, she's very influential in the amount of time that she's been in Congress. And she's also a female, which is interesting to me, considering her strong stance for the Second Amendment. So as I stated earlier, she um, beat out incumbent Republican Jeff Wentworth in 2013 to win her seat in the Senate. And she was the first person in Texas history to defeat a Republican incumbent in a primary election. And she, um, which we will discuss again later, but she came up with the Tea Party. And so to beat a Republican incumbent is a pretty big deal in Texas, considering we are very conservative here. And um, in terms of her committees, she is the chair of the Veterans Affairs and Military Institutions Committee, as well as Education, Human and Health Services, Intergovernmental Relations, and Administration. Um, she is an emergency room physician, which is pretty cool for a politician. Um, she has served as emergency department medical director for several hospitals, which is pretty impressive. Um, she has several awards. She was named one of the top five courageous conservatives in the Senate by the Texas Conservative Coalition. And that award was also awarded to Senator Jane Nelson and Senator Kelly Hancock. Um, she was also awarded the Courageous Defense of Life Award by the Texas Alliance for Life. And she's been recognized for legislative accomplishments in the 83rd legislature by the NRA. I uh, just wanted to note that Senator uh, Jay Nelson is an also a very prominent conservative figure in the Senate. She is the chair of the Senate Finance Committee. And Kelly Hancock, as well, is a very influential conservative senator. And both of them are sponsors of Campus Carry Senate Bill 11 as well. And so now we're going to discuss Donna Campbell's um, influence with the bill, Campus Carry, 
as well as her position. And I'm going to ask Jeffrey some questions and he is going to discuss them and hopefully we can have a good discussion on this. Um, so as I stated earlier, Donna Campbell is one of the many sponsors for Senate Bill 11. There's an extensive list. If you want to go online, it's on there. Um, and so I'm going to read off a, a quote from a statement that her office released concerning campus carry. I believe the Campus Personal Protection Act restores our Second Amendment rights and is a step in the right direction towards protecting law-abiding citizens and preventing further tragedies. Um, any first thoughts, Jeffrey? Um, well, that is a very politically written statement. There's not any things you could really say bad about that statement without going more in depth about it, which is exactly why she wrote it like that. Um, I do think that whenever she says law-abiding citizens to prevent further tragedies, she's talking about taking law into our own hands, which doesn't really tend to work out too well in, according to history. So I don't know how she's going to fix that part of her statement. And um, you did you did just touch upon this, but in terms of law-abiding citizens and further tragedies, I mean, what essentially is Campbell alluding to in the bigger picture? Well, I think she is alluding to basically school shootings on campus. I think that's what she means by further tragedies, because we are talking about guns on university campuses. And I believe that she means the law-abiding citizens are people with concealed handgun licenses who would be allowed to bring those guns onto campus now if this law passes. Um, that's what I think she's trying to say without having to say it. <laughs> and so how do these uh, conservative buzzwords reflect her alignment with the Tea Party and the conservatives? Oh, well, many other, other senators have used the same exact law-abiding citizens and further tragedies in their statements of support for this bill. Um, once again, I don't think there's anything technically bad you can point out about these words in the statement that they're in without going to further depth, which I think is what exactly what she was trying to do. And in terms of the Tea Party and conservatives, would you say that using both of these words unites them in creating a uniform platform in the Senate? Yes, I don't think they want to have many different ideas. They want to be unified on their idea and what mm -hmm. they're trying to put out there. Okay. And um, I'm going to read another statement from the same um, press release. We've seen the tragedies that occur when law-abiding citizens are forced to disarm while violent offenders break the law. And I mean, all political bias aside, considering that you are an opinion scholarist, <laughs> um, are there any, um, yeah, just first impressions upon hearing the statement? Well, I think, once again, she's trying to talk about campus shootings, um, which happen too often, even though they don't happen that often. But I don't think that citizens should have to take the law into their own hands. I think if she wanted to make a bill that said more police officers on campus, that's something I could get behind. I just don't like how she thinks that these people should be able to take the law into their own hands, like I said. And Tea Partyism has really risen in the past couple years. And do you maybe have some thoughts as to why it's become a little bit more popular than it, this logic has in the past? Well, I think the people that say that they're with the Tea Party or they align with the beliefs of the Tea Party haven't seen the government do something for them. They think that we're getting away from our core American values and rights, which I don't agree with, but I think that's what they're trying to say, is that the president and all of his people in Washington, all the Democrats are really screwing up this country and we need to make it more conservative, which once again, I don't agree with. Um, but I can kind of see where they're coming from. I just don't think that this 
very strict brand of conservatism conservatism is a very good idea and um i've i've heard this uh theory that in terms of like political um logic that the pendulum just switched back and forth between liberals and conservatives mm. and in between it finds like these sort of like niches of like different variations of conservatism and liberalism so if tea partyism is the new wave right now what maybe are your predictions for the new wave and backlash of tea partyism um well i think the new wave will actually i think will probably be a more less tea party republican like party i don't think the tea party has a big future i think that they might be here for a long time those people who identify as tea party i just don't see them becoming big like to be separate from the Republican Party. I feel like the pendulum will swing back to a more, less conservative Republican Party. And would you say that um, senators such as um, Donna Campbell aligning with the Tea Party, is that a smart political move in her part in trying to um, carry out campus carry? That is definitely a smart political move in her part. She can call herself Tea Party and she can call herself Republican, which she has two allies there. Um, Gun rights has kind of been the most recent well, in the most recent gun rights push, which we're kind of seeing now, that's, I think, the wave that SB 11 is trying to ride. Okay. And um, I have one more quote from the statement that I want to um, talk about. The Constitution guarantees our unalienable rights to defend ourselves, and we shouldn't have to surrender our rights at the door of our public universities. I mean, this is, this is a mouthful of a statement. It has a lot of, lot of buzzwords and a lot of political language, just some, again, some initial thoughts or comments. Well, first of all, the Second Amendment was written in the 1700s where pistols of the caliber we have now don't exist, literally the caliber. Um, gun humor. Um, it was written for muskets to defend against a tyrannical government. So even though I believe you should have the right to defend yourself, that's not what the Second Amendment is really talking about. Um, or I guess defend yourself against Native Americans would be another thing you could throw in there, but that's not a problem anymore. Um, so I don't think that this second amendment really is the amendment that the Republicans think it is. Mm -hmm. So I, so personally, I just don't think that is the same thing that they're trying to point out. But it is a constitutional amendment, so mm -hmm. say what you want about it. It has power. So if you, like, attach yourself to an amendment, especially in the Bill of Rights, mm -hmm. it has a lot more power than just saying you want campus carry. And she says that um, we shouldn't have to surrender our rights at the door of our public universities, but couldn't you easily use that argument um, that we shouldn't surrender our rights in places of worship, such as churches? And, I mean, it opens a, a door of... Yeah possibilities that I don't necessarily see them considering. They're focusing on public universities, but why are why public universities versus other places that are public? Well, I think public universities, just because they're public, I think that's just the next thing that they're going after is the public universities. I do think that there is a door that is opened that I don't think they want guns in hospitals, but why not if we're going to allow them on campuses? Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, she alludes to law-abiding citizens when she says we, but does that exclude violent offenders that she mentioned earlier? Um, yes, <laughs> basically because the violent offenders, they lose their rights if they're convicted of a felony for certain things. 
The law-abiding citizens, once again, are the concealed handgun license holders who do have to go through training. You can't just go and get one of those at the store. So that's also important to think about because she's not saying that if you have a gun, you can bring it on campus. She's saying if you've gone through the training, if you have the certification, you can come on campus with a gun, which I still don't think is a good idea, but that is what she's trying to say and what the other Republican senators are trying to say. Okay, and I want to move a little bit and discuss more about her influence in the Senate. And um, can you maybe discuss her realms of influence? Well, as we said before, she's the chair of Veterans Affairs and Military Institutions. Um, She has a lot of power in the Senate, I would assume so. Um, On the legislative update that Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick put out about SB 11 when it went through the Senate, he mentioned that she was a great leader, which... I think she probably is. She's probably a really good leader. She can probably whip up the votes, even though these were voted on party lines. But I believe that she has a lot of influence in the Senate. And if she wanted, if by her tacking her name onto a bill, it helps it a lot. Okay. And um, how will this translate the power that she's accumulated in her two terms? Not even two complete terms yet. But um, how will it translate in enforcing um, SB 11 should it pass in the House? Well, I believe that it this would be a better discussion about this if we had more of a legislature that wasn't so party driven Mm -hmm. and wasn't just dominated by Republicans. But I believe that if she had to fight for it in the house and she just had to talk to a few representatives, she could really get that bill through. Okay. And um, we did touch upon it earlier about how this stance enhances her platform, but jumping off of her current platform and maybe in the future, where do you see this becoming? or her becoming in terms of her political um, endeavors? Well, I do think she has a future, definitely. This is not going to be her last elected position as state senator, in my opinion. I don't think she's just going to stop herself there. Okay. And do you you see her maybe becoming um, a senator in in Washington or maybe a representative or— I could see her becoming a senator. Um, I don't know about congresswoman because— I feel like she would want to have more influence than a congressman from a very big state. Um, I do think senator, U.S. senator from Texas, it sounds good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she would, that's right up her alley, I believe, is senator. And we've talked a lot about her um, political strengths. That's pretty much what this podcast has been entirely about. But we haven't really talked about her weaknesses. And do you have any... Thoughts or comments on her weaknesses? Um, well, I feel like she doesn't have too many weaknesses. One of the weaknesses I think she would have in the future is the fact that she's part of the Tea Party. Because like I said, I don't think that has a long-term massive mm-hmm. following in its future. Um, I also think that she, not just her, but she jumps on certain things. Like she wrote a bill about the Alamo that had nothing to do with whatever she was talking about. Um, do, you wanna, she, do you want to still say a little bit? Well, the... UNESCO, the UN something, um, wanted to make the Alamo and five other missions in San Antonio a World Heritage Site, which is great. And she wrote a bill saying that the Alamo should never be owned by anyone but Texas. But I agree with that. But that's not what UN, the UN wanted to do at all. So I don't think, I don't think that she just doesn't look into th- stuff like that. But I think that she just jumps on certain things sometimes and she tries to be in not like she tries to be in the press but she tries to be in the press with certain things which I don't think 
could help her sometimes. But wouldn't you say that that's sort of the the Texan way of doing things? I mean, in Austin, we fly our Texas flag at the same height as the U.S. flag because we can. I mean, that's kind of like, I feel like she definitely embraces this sort of like Texas ideology and this Texas pride. And I've, I can see her becoming like, I think that's one of the reasons why she's so successful here. But in terms of, like you mentioned earlier, um, in a federal position, it might not translate as well with voters. Yeah, I don't think that the Tea Party will translate in the long run for people. I don't think it's going anywhere, but I don't think it's getting bigger. So okay. I don't think... So I think that if she keeps on with the Tea Party, that she might not go as far as she could if she were to just, like, lessen her stance on some things. Okay. So um, Jeffrey and I, um, that's all we have for you for this week's episode. Next week, we will be discussing Senate Bill 11 in depth. There are actually, there isn't actually a House Bill, House Bill 937, that pretty much deals with the same thing, but the House Bill hasn't passed yet on the House, and the Senate Bill has passed in the Senate and is awaiting a vote in the House. And so that's what we're going to be discussing next, next week. And that concludes this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, we hope to hear from you next time when we talk more in depth about the senate bill yes um but before we leave we do have a quote of the week um this is kind of taken out of context so take it with a grain of salt but um the quote is from george bush and he says that i hope jeb jeb runs for president because i left my favorite hat at the white house and obama won't let me come and get it which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> some, some political humor for you to, go, to, to close the podcast. Um, so filing out from the Capitol desk, I'm Alexa Tavares. And I'm Jeffrey Bradshaw. Thanks for listening.